we are live in Hillsborough, New Mexico, and I'm here with Zephyr Rose. Who are you, Zephyr? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, I am the creator of a ever-expanding and growing massage business called the Rio Baja Rio. It's going to be a healing arts center, and also we are going to introduce food because it's one thing we all have in common and bring people through the door. Amazing. So right now we're sitting in this combination massage parlor, latte art extraordinaire, mm. <laughs> um, apothecary pie shop in <laughs> downtown Hillsboro. And it is just the most charming place, and I'm so excited mm. to be here. But I would love to learn more about what brought you to Hillsboro, New Mexico, because it's it's a little off the grid. <laughs> so yeah, tell us, what is your petite origin story that brought you here? Yeah, well actually, after 16 years of being away from here, I'm actually returning home. This is where I grew up. Okay. So I grew up right down the street from this cafe and massage place, and uh, it used to be about 100 people then, and now there's 125. Oh. With you guys in town, there's 127 right now, so we're popping. Amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So your family came here many years ago. Yeah, back in 79, my uh, great aunt Lydia came on a vacation in her RV and uh, parked the car here and stayed for three months and then decided she was going to buy up a bunch of property. She bought up a bunch of property and called my family in Florida and said, if you guys come here, you have free property come and live here. So started my family compound and now uh, still we have generations of family that live here. So Amazing. And I would be remiss if I did not also introduce our co-host on this episode, Allie Armitage. So if you hear another voice chime in with some fantastic questions for Zephyr, that is Allie's voice. Um, so amazing. Um, we just arrived here yesterday and what I'm so eager to know is between now and five years from now, the vision you have for the space, for the town, how does that differ from a year ago? Or, or maybe it doesn't. Mm, mm. Well, the vision for this place, I would have to say, started back really in 2009, right before my father died. Mm. We would joke about, I was in massage school, and we'd joke about how this little town would be a great place for retreats. And then we decided we were going to buy up half the town strip and turn it into a nice healing arts center, or healing retreat center, rather. And that just kind of became something we were joking about, but then I got pretty serious about it. And then I took a flight back to Portland, Oregon, and wrote on my plane to Ted Turner a letter about how I wanted to buy up half the town and turn it into this massage place, healing place. And then, you know, that vision kind of subsided and went away a tiny bit in the background while I was chasing my massage practice in Portland. But then, of course, like a good vision does, it just, it can't go away and it just sticks with you. So I moved to Santa Fe to buy the Santa Fe School of Massage and just this vision was just there in the background constantly. And when I had to close the school for COVID, it became very clear what my next step was, is mm. to follow that vision that's been there since 2009 mm. and make it happen. So, wow, here we are. Oh, incredible. So <laughs> something that's been emerging in lots of the tidbit takes the road conversations is this 
the way in which 2020 has brought a clarity or like a refocusing. So I, I feel like that's what I'm hearing a little bit. That's in, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It sifts out what needs to not be there. And like, I, I joke that it's COVID clarity, literally like since March, I have found that what COVID has done, um, is it really does. It just brings everything to the surface Mm. and you can't be unsure about anything really. Mm. So if you have a dream, it's, it's time to to do it. Step into it. That's right. (laughs) So another major thing that's happened on this journey of mine to you, which is nearing the end of my, uh, tidbit takes the road is I've spoken with a lot of economic development individuals, but this is by far the smallest of small towns I've been to yet. (laughs) And so walking down this main street, there are quite a few storefronts that are still left to be occupied and turned into small businesses. Yeah. So from the lens of this town, not just you and your own small business, but as the town, Mm. how do you see this space emerging or changing? Like, how have the people adapted to this? What are you feeling that, yeah, the the community here is looking for in the next few years? That's great. Um, I think, first of all, this area, what it presents is... Timing is everything. So this place used to be really popular and had 8,000 people, and it was the time for that. And then when the time is over, it kind of went away, and it's time again. Mm. And you can see that people are just popping up all over. Not just me with my vision, but this whole row. There's an art school moving in right next to me. There's a goatery moving in next to me. There's a a pottery ceramics place down the street, someone that's building... um, a sacred space for grieving and so knowing that that timing is everything and that really there's an energy that's here and it's not that I have to bring the energy or that we have to it's just ready to harness Mm. um the community very much is saying like we're ready for it like we want this uh we want this so bad that like how can we help you get started what do you need from us you know how can we put the word out for you Um, And that's just really exciting because really you're not having to convince people of what your product is or what you have. You're just, you are something that they're really calling into being as you're trying to make it happen. So it's pretty awesome. You are already everything and worth it and ready to be received. (laughs) Exactly. It feels pretty incredible, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you just mentioned previously Hillsborough had... 8,000 people. I imagine, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that happened during like gold rush. Yeah, exactly. People mining for gold around here, Mm -hmm. which is very different than now people starting small businesses around healing and the Mm -hmm. arts Mm -hmm. and pottery. Mm -hmm. So what is that? I mean, that seems like a very different energetic vibe. Uh, Yeah, I think think one is about... um, coming and taking what you can get from a land and what you can like take out of it and then the arts and uh, massage and food is what we can bring to you Mm. so I think something that is changing in our life is that we're all recognizing that like we want um, to start practicing stuff that's more sustainable and digging for gold isn't a very sustainable way Uh of producing value and however massage will carry on forever and ever a piece of art will carry on forever and ever 
and uh, a good meal shared with a friend is yeah everlasting so extractive versus regenerative there you go exactly yeah 100 yeah amazing so in this new energy of this town i'm i'm also curious what has surprised you about your own adaptability mm. because you you showed up here you re, you came home mm-hmm. and i'm sure it probably looked different than when you first grew up here perhaps just mm-hmm. a slight bit mm-hmm. um so whether it be the return home or even this past year what has surprised you about yeah your your adaptability and resilience I think the biggest thing for me has been uh, in my adapting, I just keep coming back to home and myself. Mm. So my adaptability has been this way of also like really engaging my spirit. It like it's so it's been so uncomfortable. This year has been incredibly uncomfortable, but that just keeps bringing me back to myself more and more and more because when you have these challenges, when you have pandemics, and when you have, you're faced with big decisions, you only have yourself to really check in with. And so it's brought me into a more intimate connection with myself. And so I think through that, my adaptability has been like, wow, like now I can really have something to offer other people and some insight is Mm -hmm. like really at the end of the day, like we can dig deeper and deeper and deeper and really come back home, quite literally home, mm-hmm. um, which we were talking about sometimes a negative thing, but also like coming home to your spirit. That is fascinating. In a world of chaos, how can you find peace and calm within oneself? <laughs> <laughs> and I find that that is, that is a skill and resiliency that many people mm-hmm. either do not have or are working towards. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you happen to have any tips for anyone listening. How does one find that adaptability? That's a really special trait. That's a really great question. Uh, It may just be in my DNA. Uh It could be that I'm Irish or uh, it could be that uh, I grew up in Hillsborough Mm. (laughs) where you do have to adapt. You know, there's the closest grocery store is like... uh, you know, 35, 40 minutes away. So it even comes down to, like, having to think on your feet, right? Like, think mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so there, there's, that has to do with part of it. But I have to say the biggest part of adaptability is surrendering. And as a double Taurus, and I have really strong will, like, I've been able to make everything in my life happen. This was the year where I couldn't just make stuff happen. Literally, I took a two-hour bath. I laid in that bath, and I had a mantra, and it says... I was never in control. I'm not in control. I surrender. Show me. Mm. And that's it. And spirit speaks. So. Ah. Goosebumps. <laughs> Could. <laughs> Let's pause for the cat. Do we let the cat in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Micah's gone now. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I think Micah just wanted to let us know. Just, will it pick up? Uh, no, it's okay. But I just, if, if Michael wanted to come in, I was... <laughs> You're being thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> I was allowing for that to occur. Um, awesome. Okay, so I said goosebumps. Okay. What's a good segue from that? Mm. <laughs> I have a question at some point to pop in. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know your flow, so... This would Maybe be a good... Maybe this time. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I said goosebumps, and I... Um, Okay, 
Allie, you have been to Hillsboro quite a few times now. Yes. And have experienced the the ways in which Zephyr has created so much community and camaraderie around the space we're sitting in right now. Yes. And so I'm wondering if you have any questions of how you, based on your reflections and observations of the town, or have seen Zephyr's growth. Yes, totally. Well, and, you know, we're in New Mexico, which I think has its own, like, personality, I find, having moved out here and I'm living currently in Santa Fe. I, it's partly what brought me here and is just the personality of this place. So I was really curious, Zephyr, how the place of Hillsborough um, has inspired you. How, like, I know this town means a lot to you because you grew up here, but what about the energy of the place that we're in? Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, when I left here, when I was uh, 16, I said I would never come back here. I was pretty done with it. So I think what's interesting is coming back here when I was 33, I was actually able to notice the energy. And what it is, is people come here and they're drawn to live here. It's, It's the land, but yes, it's the people that are drawn here. And they come here and we come from all different walks of life. There's all different sides, but somehow at the end of the day, you will sit and share a meal with someone that has completely different views, and you won't get in a fight, and you can connect, and I didn't find that in a larger city. I found there was a lot of separation. There was a lot of, I'm different than you. Let's get in a category. Let's stay in a bubble. We're here. I'm surrounded by people that probably don't believe in the way I believe. They maybe don't really you know, agree with a lot of things I do, but at the end of the day, I feel seen. And something about this space, this place, people see each other. And I think for me, that is what life is about, is seeing each other, being seen and seeing. So the land maybe harnesses that, uh, but for some reason, it seems like everyone that moves here is really into that too. Mm. So, Allie, has there been something in your frequent trips here to Hillsborough, New Mexico that you feel resonates with you or something that even you'd like to add? Yeah, well, I mean, I do feel like this place has, it's just rare and special in what you experience here. Um, I also personally experience just this, the amount of space and wildness that exists here and that I feel when I am here mm-hmm. changes how I just walk into my day every day and Mm -hmm. so I I feel the personality of this land and the environment and what you walk around seeing every morning and how that makes you feel Mm -hmm. and then probably how that translates to you showing up in community and space when there's Mm -hmm. only 121 people there's lots of expansiveness yeah (laughs) interesting yeah yeah and you can I mean we look at the moon every night and we see all the stars Mm. and there's just you connect to also the the vastness that we're a part of as well as the people Mm. and the place um so that's something I always experience there it feels like this freedom that you can just kind of be who you are and maybe that's a part of how people also get to experience being seen and seeing each other 
that, that exists. Yeah. I, you feel that first, yeah. I joked, but maybe I wasn't really joking, that all I want to do is wear some glamorous costumes and have a dance party music video <laughs> down this main street. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. It, it elicits this feeling of... Um, like wanting to show your true self. And yes, my true self does want to wear costumes and have a dance party yes. music video. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And you immediately, for some reason, without even meeting a local here last night, you were able to tap into that energy, right? Mm -hmm. So something about this place here um, just lets, lets you... The other thing I would yeah, say yeah. that I'm curious if you want to speak to, yeah. I, there's a sense of creativity. Like, yeah. I think you can come here and experience, like, in that kind of freedom and sense of connection, a sense of possibility. And, oh, maybe I can create a healing arts center. I think you look at this town and see possibility versus seeing just mm -hmm. storefronts that don't have anything in them yet. And mm -hmm. looking from that perspective seeing it as a canvas instead of, oh, what it once was, right? Or living in yeah. the place of like, gosh, it's not its potential, but instead seeing, oh, what could this become? Mm -hmm. What is this uh, the beginning of mm -hmm. is a really powerful Reframe. Way. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Perspective, mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. Well, I think like for me... Thinking about, so come from Portland, right? Everything's new and up and coming. There's a new coffee shop pretty much opening every day. Um, and then coming here and there's, there hasn't been, you know, there's one cafe that's been like the standby for like 25 years. And then there was a few others that came in. But what, so you see possibility here, right? You see the possibility. But I think that's something that's so interesting. Coming here and feeling so disconnected, you don't have cell phone service, at the end of the day, you're just with yourself, um, you really can hear your creativity. You can hear it strong. You can hear it really, really strong. So there's authors that live here. There's artists that live here galore, uh, ceramicists and sculptors. And I think as artists, as creators, we really, we want to be inspired, not just by others, what others want, what others need, but just listening to ourselves. And Hillsborough has that, right? Um, so as we grow in five years, when we check back in and do this podcast again, amazing. Um, yeah, I will. We'll talk about all the other people that have come mm. to create and and what they've done here. And uh, I'd love to hear what their answer is to that same exact question. So yeah, mm. nice circling back to the finding the home within yourself and mm -hmm. being able to hear oneself in the expansiveness of this place. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> unison. Mm. <laughs> um, That's the point. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, my, um, well, I'm sure we'll have lots more questions, but at the last that I'm really eager to know is what have you felt maybe you were negotiating before that now is a non-negotiable that you need to set a hard boundary around or the inverse, something you thought was a non-negotiable mm. that now you're negotiating? Ah. Mm. Mm. Uh... This might this might uh, answer the question. Uh, I think when I first was in business, I started a massage practice ten years ago, and I decided I would just like 
like, oh, I just, I want to work with everyone. I'm, you know, I'm everybody's massage therapist. And I think now that, like, as I'm doing my visionary work and as I'm really almost like a conduit versus, like, the one that's creating as I'm listening is that, no, like, I, this isn't for everyone. This is for the right people. And so I guess what's not negotiable is, like, if there's not a right fit, if it isn't the right fit, like, it's okay because the right people are going to come. And also don't, I think don't try and be the service for everybody or be that for everybody. Um, because really at the end of the day, a good success is when the right person walks through your door. So huge. This is something we say often at Curate. When you build for everyone, you get no one. And so <laughs> having that yeah. focus mm. is really powerful. Being that we work with food and beverage entrepreneurs, I often use the example of jam. And you might say like, well, anyone could eat jam. And it's like, okay, sure. But you have to start somewhere. And is this jam going to be competing with Smuckers? Or is this jam going to be sourced with every local ingredient, the most like bespoke of the land jam? That's a very different market than you trying to compete with Smuckers. And so to say that everybody eats jam is not the strategy, right? Like you have to decide who's the right person and fit in the values you have Mm, mm. for your business to decide on that path of what jam you'd like to be producing. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) weird corollary, but... That totally fits. Yeah. yeah. I think think that's the thing I wouldn't negotiate anymore is... um, No, but like being being very like I do have... uh, an idea of mm-hmm. who I want to be in here and, and who I want this. And it's, it's the people who are also seeking this, mm-hmm. you know, right? So it's, um, and again, this isn't about like how much, how many people, how many people I can have or how many people want this. It's about the right people. And that's when like this symbiotic like magic happens. And you don't have the people complaining about your sourdough bread because you just have the people being like, yes. Your sourdough bread is what I want. And I've bought into this bread. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so it's it's invaluable in that exchange, that energy exchange. Totally. That's gold. Mm-hmm. The new mm-hmm. gold. The new gold. The new gold of Hillsboro. It is! Yes. Oh, uh, there's actually a local here that made this stuff called Burrow Bucks. Oh. And it's fake money. That speaking of Jan, uh, she made these this this type of currency that Let's say your dryer broke and you need it fixed. Well, you have 20 burrow bucks. You go find someone that will take the burrow bucks that also wants something in exchange. Um, and so it's it's a new currency, right? It's an energy exchange. Like, I'll fix your dryer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come over and babysit my cat. You know, it's, it's a pretty cool idea. And what she was really trying to break down is, like, I mean changing the economic system and for and, sure and she's 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 like i'm a socialist like oh here you know she like will give me something and she's like i don't want money in return but at the same day she knows that like there will be an energy exchange like she's not worried about what she's gonna get because she knows it's gonna happen yeah and you can practice that on a micro i mean this happens in other places but in such a small town you can see it happening and that like, was that huge, gives me so much hope. Like That was a part of your opening, right? I think it was. Having experienced that, I could yeah. really... Um, I just watched the way the town came together so that it was truly a community effort. 
Mm. Someone brought you the espresso machine. People asked to bring chairs. They wanted to co-create the experience with you. Mm. And it was really beautiful to see that. That the mm, opening the, of the space we're the currently opening sitting of this in. current space mm-hmm. was like totally a community effort. People saw something in themselves here and they That's wanted right. to bring something. That's right. And when we did we did the uh, the ribbon cutting in the very beginning and they were like they handed me the scissors like Zephyr, like you cut the ribbon, you know, and I was like, No, and I, I got the scissors and I handed it to someone out in the crowd because no, this isn't a place for everybody, but this is a place for intentional community. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have to say that. Like, that is what happens when you do open a space up and have such a clear uh, understanding of, like, you wouldn't be anything without your community. Mm-hmm. And talking about unicorn visionaries, you know, like, <laughs> the true, this is it. The true unicorns. <laughs> yeah. Unicorns. Not those media, like, <laughs> cultural zeitgeist unicorns we keep talking about, <laughs> only based in coastal cities. <laughs> no, no, no. These are the true unicorns. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, something I've, I've heard of before this currency that is separate from our normal monetary system. Ithaca, New York actually chowed this out for quite some time with like an Ithaca local bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Mm. this is really fascinating. And I wonder if we'll see this emerge even more as we're moving. I think again, something I've been hearing quite a bit on the tidbit takes the road is moving away from this individualism of, I have to pick my own self up from my own bootstraps, blah, but instead moving towards this collectivism and seeing how there are other ways in which we can exchange mm-hmm. that are, is not just based in mm-hmm. dollars. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me share with you a dream I had. This is fascinating, and I think uh, I have a lot of dreams that I think uh, that I pay attention to, and this one in general is that there was people sitting at a table and the server came out and they were serving them. And instead of paying the server and tipping the server in cash, they were doing it in meat. And meat had such this high value, right? It was like a slice of like, a nice slice of like uh, steak, you know, handing it over the server. And the server was just like humbled and like, oh my gosh. And then there was this other, it was like to get into this club, like you had to like, you had to give an offering of like some sort of type of meat. Uh, like a, you know, a brisket or something. And that when you gave someone meat, they looked at you in your eyes and they looked at you with like this, wow, like almost just this way of being like, you have no idea what this means for me. Like, this is so powerful. Where with money now, there is no energy exchange. There's no looking in your eyes and like saying thank you. And... Mm. I remember I went up to Santa Fe and I bought a ring uh, for my wife at the time. And the guy, the man who I bought the ring from kissed the $20 bill, looked at me, grabbed my hand. I thought he was going to come in for a kiss. Thank God, you know, that we didn't. But he just, it was so intimate. And there was this energy exchange of like, he wanted it to cycle through me, in me, and then back out. And knowing that like he is being supported by me and I'm being supported by him. And that, like, I will never forget that energy exchange. And I think that if we could bring back, we could even start doing that with a $1 bill. Mm-hmm. Bring back that energy exchange, look the person in the eye 
and feel it. Like really feel what it means to give money and to receive money. It's just like taking a piece of steak from someone and it's potent. I feel like this like heat is rep- like uh-huh. emanating from my body in like a really great way because <laughs> almost like like a energy burst just like came from my core because uh-huh. our our burgeoning hashtag at Curate is shift the dollar. And uh-huh. what we do is embed in these larger systems, hospitals, convention centers, etc. and work with teams there to shift their dollar back into local small business. And it's this entire premise of when you have one multinational buying from another multinational, it is literally just transactional. Or when you go to a cafe or restaurant and you leave a tip, there's a detachment from that dollar of saying like, no, you worked hard for said money. And like now I'm showing I appreciate your good or service by leaving this dollar. Mm -hmm. But right now it just... You hand over a credit card, you leave some cash, you just pay the purchase order. There's no um, recognizing of who you're impacting with your dollar. And so by showing these larger institutions, by literally shifting the money back into the face of the business owner who has brought you that popcorn, who has brought you that beef jerky. Mm. I have one buyer right now who has just transitioned hospitals. we worked with them at a smaller hospital. Now they're at a larger hospital. We're very excited to continue working with him. And the first thing he said at our onboarding call for this new space, he said, I can't wait to see JC and Monique again because I just loved seeing them walk through the door. And I know that they're the owner of the product and service they're providing. And I know our money's going directly to the growth of their businesses. And that's so different than buying fig newtons or doritos you know it's faceless yeah um so yeah i i too really hope that that is something we can come back to is seeing how i guess people call it like in a way conscious capitalism in at some level but i think it's maybe even deeper than that of realizing business should be i think more relational and less transactional I've just soapboxed forever. Sorry, Zephyr. <laughs> oh no, this is this is great. I I think I think you just took my dream to the next step. You know, <laughs> I, I think that that's it's totally possible. It's not that hard to practice. Mm-hmm. It's just about being mindful of when you are doing a transaction. That's all it is. It's mindful transactions, mm-hmm. and you, like I said, we could start doing it. All of us could start doing it right now with the currency we do have. Yeah. Without, we don't need to get rid of the bucks. Mm-hmm. It's about the way we do it. Totally. So, Allie, was there any final reflections or questions that you wanted to share? Well, what we were just talking about was just making me think so much around, you know, I mean, it's seeing the humans that are a part of obviously these exchanges. And mm-hmm. I mean, what I think we all feel in our current culture and world is not feeling able to connect with each other in that way and this is a practice for reconnecting um in a way that we can look at and treat each other differently so that we see each other truly and the humanity behind each other and uh, something I might share if you're comfortable with this suffer is that you and I exchange 
coaching for massages and that's one way we practice mm-hmm. exchanging with each other that mm-hmm. isn't even based in a monetary exchange mm-hmm. and I think that also is possibility right we can exchange value mm-hmm. even without the dollars in terms of what we have as gifts to give to the to someone else and to be able to receive mm-hmm. as well and that to me is also such a beautiful, incredible way, even if you don't... I mean, some of us have limited resources, so That's can, right. we, can we practice with what we have? We have limited resources, but all of us have an offering, and something that I think... This is something that, like, let's change the way business as usual. Like, let's change this concept and say, like, yes, I have something that I'm providing in my business... But I think we need to remember that, like, the people that come to the door also have an offering. So it's, it's um, what is the word, uh, osmosis. It's, it goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we get so, we can get so caught up in, like, oh, my gosh, like, what our product is, what we have, what we offer, that we forget that really your offering is only as valuable as the people that see it are. Mm-hmm. And it's got to go both ways. So... I was thinking about it the other day is that every time someone comes to the door and they come in to just buy a cup of coffee or they come in to just buy a a loaf of sourdough bread, that they have something interesting to offer me that I will take with me. And I think that is energy exchange too, right? So Mm -hmm. we're thinking about it on like a bigger level, like not just they're handing me money, but they're handing me insight. Um, Mm. And that for me is like, that is the value of someone coming through my door and like being a part of my business. I wouldn't have my business without them, but on a bigger level, like, wow, like this is incredible to like get this information from people and share connection with people. Mm-hmm. So, so anyone wants to find you, yes, either in person or on the internet. Uh huh. They're so inspired by you. I know I am. Yeah. How does one find you? I uh, well, I think the the easiest way to find me is Rio Baja Rio, uh, dot nm mm-hmm. on Instagram. Great. And you can find all the information about me on there. So. Wonderful. And Allie, who are you? Can you tell <laughs> us where one can find you too? Yeah. Um. I am on Instagram at Allie Armitage and. I have a website that I maybe have more information about what I actually do, um, ideabirthing.co. I help people bring their ideas into the world and visions into being and uh, coach around that process too. Thank you both so much. Yeah, thank you. Did you know that the tidbit is derived from a bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate? In it, we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning. Five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. Head over to curate.co, C-U-R-E-A-T-E dot co to sign up. Also, we would love if more listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate includes the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to leave a review on iTunes. Seriously, head over and let us know what tidbit of knowledge resonated with you. Until next time, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally.